Welcome to an all-new episode of Downright Sports here on today's show. We're going to talk about Saturday wins on Sunday, the ultimate Survivor Series match, and I become the Lakers general manager. That's going to be fun. So the show's starting a little late. I'm recording a lot earlier, but even still, when you look at your watch, you know what time it is. It is showtime!
you are listening to Downright Sports with notorious sports critic Brent Reed. All right. Whoa. Whoa. Hello. The applause is not real. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to an all new Downright Sports. I'm your host, the notorious sports critic Brent Reed. Uh, we are back. The show is starting out a little later. Well, to be fair, normally the show is much later, but I had planned to go live on Facebook.com around uh, three. And uh, yeah, we had a uh, equipment failure. Uh, the iPad that I used to record the show live on broke. <laughs> just fell over. I was lifting up the tripod to kind of adjust the the, the height because I was going to experiment with a different view angle, and it just tilled over and fell. And I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And so, fortunately, I had an old iPad stored away that um, I pulled out of the mothballs to use. So we're using that until I order me a new one. So go figure. If you've never listened to Downright Sports before, this is a sports show for sports fans. Um, from the opinion of a sports fan, if you're watching live, my microphone fell. Everything that can happen is happening. The crazy thing is to startle my dog. Hold on one second. Wow. You're getting a lot. Sorry. Sorry. Because I record on Facebook.com, because I record on Facebook, I don't, you get the unedited, you're seeing it all happen. <laughs> Goodness gracious, the microphone just fell. I can't say that's never happened before, but it has. Anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in to Downray Sports on various platforms. Uh, you can always watch Downray Sports live on Facebook.com. Why don't you? Yeah, on Facebook. On Facebook. It's no longer .com. I, this has been a rough day. You can always watch Downright Sports Live on Facebook uh, slash Downright Sports at the fan page. Uh, if you miss it and you want to still watch, you can go to Downright Sports slash YouTube, uh, the Downright Sports YouTube channel, which has now been certified. Uh, you can also catch the show. Uh, in its entirety, new episodes at WDJCDB, DJ Chase Radio, Wednesdays from 12 to 1, uh, 8 o'clock on Thursdays at Dynasty Radio NY, Saturdays at 8 a.m. at Fab 94.5 The Hits, 6 p.m. on Saturdays at Trap Radar Radio, and 12 noon at She Real Radio. And you can also download the podcast, the show, at Apple, Spotify, Google Play. And anywhere any major podcasts are downloaded. Well, <laughs> so to give you an idea. So Monday, uh, no, Sunday night, I came home and got to the exit, which is from the exit to my house is only maybe five minutes. And I heard a boom, 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 boom. I was like, what the heck is that? And... Apparently, I rolled over top of something and got a flat. Luckily, up the street from my house is a tire shop. So I took the car up there yesterday, tried to see if they can fix the tire, and they did. They were able to, but I didn't get the car back until today. Um, and then as I'm getting ready to do the show today, my iPad broke. So it's just when it rains, it pours, kids. When it rains, it pours. So. This past, so last week I recorded a show and literally during the, the news segment, I reported Jeff Saturday became the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Funny enough, I forgot Jeff Saturday worked for ESPN at that time. Like I was like, was he? I think I even said on the show, is Jeff Saturday on the staff? Did they just hire a guy off the street? And they did. The guy off the street got a win his first game. <laughs> so he, he beat the Raiders, which we're gonna come to it. We're gonna this is, we're gonna bring this full circle. But everybody's up in arms because they hired Jeff Saturday off the street. Jeff Saturday is amongst Steve Nash, Aaron Boone, Steve Kerr, David Ross, um, uh, of the Chicago Cubs, Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors, Aaron Boone of the New York Yankees, and form, Steve Nash, formerly of the um, 
Is that stupid too? The Brooklyn Nets. Jason Kidd also hired off the street. Because I don't think Jason Kidd was uh, assistant anywhere. Either case, these were all examples. Now, Jeff Saturday not only getting hired off out of straight out of the booth, Jeff Saturday getting a win has completely just shaken the foundation. In my opinion, you won't hear it yet, but you're going to start hearing it soon. Jeff Saturday has shaken the foundation of the idea of the NFL head coach. We've been taught for forever that the NFL head coach is the most superior head coach out of all sports. Hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, tennis. If there's a coach, the NFL head coach is more superior because he coaches 53 men. He prepares day and night. He doesn't sleep. He's always awake. He's in his office going to sleep. He's in the trenches. Majority of NFL head coaches have never played, while in the other professions, they've more likely played. Baseball, uh, Steve Nash, bat, all-star basketball player. Aaron Boone, believe made an all-star game, but played, played for years. Uh, Steve Kerr, champion multiple times. Dave Ross, champion for the, you know, you know say So these are all, you know, and for the most part, I could go down the list. But in football, normally the head coach didn't play in the NFL or if they did they didn't serve any kind of they just didn't play a factor like they were on the team but that's because like they had to fill a roster kind of thing Jeff Saturday comes in all pro center and basically to my to me has broken the the universe broken the foundation he has become a variant to NFL head coach because we're we're taught to believe like the Bill Belichick's of the world or the um, the Bill Parcells, you know that the the NFL head coach is this smarter like he's Ivy League smart like there's you know there's physicists and uh, uh, rocket scientists and and uh, um, lawyers and uh, brain surgeons but the NFL head coach is right there. But then here's a guy that just literally came off the street with a burrito in his mouth and got a win. Now, granted, the win was over the Los Angeles Raiders, but you got to ask yourself why this happened. Well, it happened because the owner's friends with Jeff Saturday, and he's probably like, you know what? We stink anyway. Let me just let me give a friend a job. And then everybody was out with, well, there are other coaches on the staff. Sure. But we've all worked for jobs where they hire from outside because they need a change in voice. I think having Jeff Sat be Jeff Saturday being the first guy hired off the street with zero experience is breathtaking. It's it's a it's it's something the NFL needed because the game every sport and I hate analytics, but every sport is going more to analytics. The owners want it. The owners. Spend a lot of money on guys from Harvard, Yale, Stanford that are great with math and percentages and algorithms. And they want, and Jeff Saturday, looking for a job, he's going to listen. Just like anybody else. Just like Aaron Boone. Just like Steve Kerr. The days of X's and O's is not over. In fact, um, most analytic guys don't win because at the end of the day, you can't judge a guy based on what numbers say, sometimes you got to judge them based on what his heart can do, based on his effort, based on how much they put in, how much work they put in. You know, practice says a lot. Uh, but I just think we needed uh, this break in the perfect example. Josh Donalds, uh, Daniels, excuse me, Josh Daniels, was deemed the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. He spent, where are my notes? He spent... The bulk of his career sitting underneath the Bill Belichick learning tree. He actually spent 12 years. So he became a head coach in 2009 with Denver. The Tim Tebow Denver. He took to the playoffs. They were 8-8. Eight and eight, And they got a win over the Steelers. The next year they were 3-9 and nine and he was fired. And then he spent 12 years mainly with New England. I think he took made a stint. He left and became an offensive coordinator somewhere else. But for the most part, he's been in New England. But because he's been under the umbrella and the protection of Bill Belichick, everybody just went, oh, no, this guy, he, he should get it. When there were other candidates that I believe were probably should have got a chance. 
there are plenty of guys that should have got a chance at that, but they give they gave it to this guy. He has Oakland, a team that was in the playoffs last year, looking anemic. They're two and seven. The only team with a worse record than worse record than the Oakland Raiders is the Houston Texans, and they pretty much were a wholesale this year. What makes the Raiders? I said Oakland. What makes the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders the worst team in my opinion? This was a playoff team. They added added a all pro wide receiver, and they stink. With a capital S. They stink. They smell. It, like, they don't deserve to be in Las Vegas right now. Like, they should be, like, they should be the Reno Raiders. That's how bad they are. Because they are horrible. And the fact that Josh Donalds, Danielson, does not, is still employed is shocking to me. Like, he has proven he is not the guy for this job. Like, he has proven he's a... It's okay being a good number two. Nothing wrong with that. It's okay being a top assistant. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a job. It's a profession. You're in the game. Not everybody is built to be a head coach. So, I, I you know, congratulations to Jeff Saturday picking up a victory. Also, congratulations to Jeff Saturday for just shattering the psyche in this myth that the the NFL head coach is a man that can lead warriors. Like, there's been the conversations. Like, you can get an NFL head coach to, like, be a general in an army. Like, calm down. <laughs> calm down. There's a lot of luck involved in there. You got to get some good players. You got to get some talent. That kind of makes the, makes it work. You know what I mean? So, we all, I had to, I listened. I couldn't watch, but I listened to the Minnesota and the Bills game, and yeah, I don't know if it's the greatest game ever, but it's it's the best game this year. Not because it was like well played, because it was just entertaining. Like what makes a good game in any sport is you want to be entertained. And the fact that I tell you what, I didn't even realize the game went in overtime, and I was listening to. It. I think I might have turned it off because I had to go do something. But you know, the catch that uh, Jeff Jefferson Jefferson makes is freakishly crazy. A lot of stuff has to happen with that catch, though, because the defender kind of has the ball. And Justin one-hands it, but he's so strong, he's able to muscle it back to himself, tucking it, securing the the ball. But, you know, Josh Allen fumbling on the goal line, I'm sure it didn't help <laughs> this situation. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I... I think the Bills need, like, I'm not, I think it's good that Minnesota's, you know, winning, but we've seen Minnesota do this before. Buffalo needs this. This is their, this is their, this is their trial period. You know, these are their tribulations. They they need to be beaten up a little bit so when they make it to the playoffs, they can ultimately get over that hump because right now they still got to get past one team when they get there. Like, we're setting ourselves up for, the Dolphins ain't going to be there. Like, I'm not seeing, I don't see the Dolphins in the AFC Championship game. I can see Baltimore back there, and I definitely will. I I know for certain the Chiefs. One of those. The, I think Baltimore is better than we think. The Jets don't have the quarterback, in my opinion, that's going to get them to that next level because you got to make plays. Um, Buffalo's going to have to play themselves to the championship game, which is fine. You know that's what that's what makes a champion. But I can see Buffalo. I still think Buffalo is going to be in the Super Bowl this year, and I think this is just their. The, the 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 rough terrain that they have to go through to get there. So you know, no. But a team, not sure they're going to be in the Super Bowl, but there's hope. And now with Dallas losing, uh, that team is the New York Giants. How about them Giants? Right? Uh, Giants is seven and two. Are they for real? Well, they're four and one at home, and they're four, three and one on the road. Normally makes for a pretty good uh, team. Um, do have their numbers. Where are their numbers? I do have their numbers. What page is that right there? Here we go. So here's my concern about the Giants. They're 20th in overall offense, but 4th in rushing. That's big come postseason time, playoff time, because if you keep the ball on the ground, you can control the clock. That sets up a lot because teams tend to, oh, we got to stop that run. Cool. Play action, dump it, boom, touchdown, bomb. Not to mention... Daniels can run and roll too. So Giants got, you know, they, they kind of sort of look like a little better Carolina team that was led by Cam. 
Dan- Jones is nowhere near the, 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 the player that Cam Newton was. But they have that ability to, I can put it in the air when I need to, but for the most part, we're going to kill you on the ground. Here's where they get, a, here's where I'm like getting excited. They're 18th in yards allowed, but 9th in points allowed and 6th in overall turnovers. So the Giants' defense is the defense that is the type of team the Giants is built around. And right now, the Giants are 7 and 2. Two games out of first place. The Eagles are seven, uh, eight and one. Dallas is six and three, and the Commanders is five and five. Commanders need to be get some respect after that big win. The Giants this week played Detroit, which is no cakewalk because the Lions are tougher. They're not winning as much, but they're a lot tougher team. After that, the big showdown: them in Dallas on Thanksgiving. I get the Giants in Dallas on Thanksgiving. I have never seen the Giants on Thanksgiving. I'm ecstatic. I'm going to be fat as a clam. The question the question is, hmm, do I do a Thanksgiving show or not? I'll consider it. But <laughs> I haven't planned that out. I've never done a Thanksgiving show. But I'm, I'm excited. The, the show, if they get past Detroit, uh, who does Dallas play? Because that's going to matter too. Because this showdown needs to be real. Alright, Dallas, believe it or not, has Minnesota, which is not going to be a cakewalk. So, Dallas just took an L to Green Bay. If they lose to Minnesota, when they go to face the Giants, the Giants will be playing them for basically just to secure the second spot in the, the, the division and hopefully playing them to just secure a playoff opportunity. Because right now, the playoff started today. Uh, and I got to wrap this up. The playoffs started today. It goes Eagles is in Minnesota and then because the vision leaders get club blanche. So it's Eagles, Minnesota, Seattle, Tampa, and then the Giants should be the first wild card slot because they're the second place team. So that's how that would play out right now. Because um, with eight get in, seven or eight get in. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Washington will be the last team in. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. The The AFC East has the potential of having all its teams in the playoffs. That's f- insane. <laughs> that's really insane. That, that's, that's pretty cool, I want to say. And I'm sure that's how it's going to break down. If not, I'm not going to sweat it. But I'm sure that's how it's going to break down. So, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And the Jets is in playoff contention. We've never had an all-New York Super Bowl. We've never had Giants and Jets. We've never had Giants and... Well, no, we had the Giants and Bills. That is a lie. That is a lie. I apologize. No Disrespect to the Bills. Disrespect all around to me. I forgot. That's the kick. That was a low-scoring game, too. That was a real low-scoring game. Anyway, this is Downright Sports, everybody. We are going to take a small break. When I return, we'll come back in segment number two. I'm going to do a little role-play. And I'm going to play the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers. That sounds like fun. Why did this get up here? That sounds like fun. Listen to Downright Sports uh, weekdays from 12 to 1 on WDJCDB, DJ Chase Radio. All new episodes air on Wednesdays or whenever Chase feels like putting them up. So when we return, we're going to segment 2. And it's time for a press conference, everybody. Time to get serious. Downright Sports. Forward, and I will feed you to my children. I'm kidding, we are vegetarians.
best hour never comes in the night. You can sleep with the general manager <clears throat> so I'm glad everybody could come to this press conference uh, I really appreciate it. I uh, appreciate your time and your effort uh, I understand that the Lakers have not been as advertised uh, disappointing is uh, probably the word we're all leaning towards um, it's Sad to say, uh, I I do apologize that um, the how the team has been performing as of late. Uh, currently, our record does not represent who we are as an organization, and uh, three and ten is not where I think we should be. And clearly, um, I've been listening to the wrong player, LeBron, and I have not. That's why I have been brought in. Uh, that's why I was uh, chosen. That's why uh, Jeannie Buss gave me a call because she wanted uh, some different perspective, if you will. You know, Jeannie said, you know, uh, Brent, we know you have the, the gumption, if you will, to make the tough decisions to make our team better. So we can hoist our another championship, and that's that's what we're looking to do. That's that's the idea behind what we're trying to get done. Um, so we're going to take our first. So with this press conference, I've made some moves. Shall we? Uh, our first move it will be that uh, every Laker game now, every Laker fan, every time the Lakers lose, they get. Free uh, uh, tickets to LeBron James's house. That's right. Every time the Lakers lose, you get to go to LeBron's house, raid his refrigerator, eat his food, whatever you want. All right. With that being said, I have some breaking news for everybody. That's right. Calm down. Calm down. I was able to pull off some different kind of trades, if you will. So the first, if this were to happen... Uh, I believe a trade that I'm very fond of because we're in a situation as the Lakers that we're not going to win a championship with the team constructed as followed. I don't even think any moves we can make. We can't afford anything. So it's time to dump. So after using the ESPN.com trading thing, the trade machine, uh, I realized that uh, I'm not able to trade LeBron James as much as I want to, as much as I need to, as much in the offseason we should have gave him the option to walk but that was somebody else's job. That wasn't mine. So players that are available to be traded, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Patrick Beverly, uh, Kevin Nunn, and the rest are doo-doo. So players of some value, I was able to pose a trade with the Dallas Mavericks. In return, we will get Spencer Dinwiddie 
who has two years left on his contract, and uh, Durant, uh, Finley Smith, who has four years, very young. We're going to trade Anthony Davis. Yes, 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 I know, gasp, I know, I know. But in the current state right now, Anthony Davis is considerably hurt a lot. I feel like we need to put ourselves in the best position to move forward. We need to put ourselves in the best position to win for the future. Because ultimately, that's what this is about. Winning for the future. Because we damn sure ain't winning this year. <laughs> okay? Uh, no questions? Good. Because I wasn't ready to answer just yet. But, um, also, blockbuster news in this trade. We're going to be able to pick up a draft pick from the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, Yes, I know Dallas is a pretty good team, but draft picks are something that we need, being that we have a lot of homegrown talent playing on other teams that are balling. Brandon Ingram, uh, Kevin Kuzma, Julius Randolph. Do I need to keep going? Now, another trade, if we're going to try to win this year, calm down, calm down. I think you guys are really, really going to like this new one. I propose, I've called the Atlanta Hawks. That's right. I went down. It's not recording. I did all this, and that's not recording. Lord, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I went there. I got on the phone and called the ATL. Called Atlanta. And I was like, hey, look. I don't know if you really think you're going to win a championship with the team you got right now. But I hate to tell you this. You ain't. So, how about this? Okay? Hit me up. Hit me up. Hit me up. Atlanta GM, whose name escapes me right now. I don't care to know. I know you're 9-5, but you're not winning with the team you got. You're not winning the championship. You're not beating Boston. You're not beating Milwaukee. You're not going to beat the Cavaliers, in my opinion. Let's be a realist. Allow me to take Trey Young off your hands, and I'll take DeAndre Hunter, and you guys can have Russell Westbrook. How about that? I know, I know. With this move, Russ's contract should be up soon. I'll keep, you know, we get Trey Young, but now adding Trey Young with LeBron and, and Anthony gives us the shooter, more young, versatile offense that we need. A guy that's Steph Curry of the East Coast. Now Steph is on, now Trey Young's on the West Coast. I like that move. Don't y'all like that move? You like that move. Yeah, yeah, I. I too enjoy that move. Yes, yes, that's a it's quite ingenious, if you will. I know, I know. Listen, there will be more details to come from this trade. I'm just proposing. In fact, that's the one we're going to move with Russell Westbrook for Trey Young and uh, some future compensation. Easy move that could be made. I think we should have it happen. Um, no further, no questions at this time. Uh, form your statement in the form of a carrier pigeon. And uh, I won't answer. Cool? Calm. I could have played that press conference on a little bit differently. But I always wanted to do it in my brain. I'm a little bit mad. I didn't hit the record button on the other device I have. Anyway, there's a big player in the NBA that's going to be in the draft this year. That's that uh, Victor Wambala. I killed his name. Uh, French player. Big boy. Big, big boy. Uh, 7-2, if I'm not mistaken. Did I not write down? I meant to get Victor's numbers, and I didn't get them. It's fine. But he's... I like, I look, look at his highlights, and it's kind of freaky watching him play because he's so thin, but he's 17 years old. And uh, you got to say to yourself, like, should you, as an organization... Collapse. He's seven foot two, 102, 109 pounds. He's Kevin Durant. <laughs> He's a seven foot tall Kevin Durant. He is. That plays defense because he. I mean, shoot, he don't have much of a choice. So, if you're a, a, a team, what team? Like right now, the Lakers are Lakers and uh, Houston. So teams that have a chance to get them Houston. Two wins, Lakers two wins, Thunder six wins, Spurs six wins, Minnesota six wins, Pacers three, uh, uh, Charlotte and Miami was always in conversation. 
So, I think that if you're any of those teams in the bottom, you should probably do what you have to do to try to get this kid. Because he, this may be a once-in-a-generation kind of player. Now, you know, if the Lakers suck, the Lakers pick goes to um, the Pelicans. That ain't good. So, you put him with Zion and Brandon Ingram, the Pelicans may never, like, this kid has, and I'm I'm throwing it out there, but seven foot tall that shoots threes like he's a guard, that's a bad combination for anybody in the league. I need that. That's a bad combination for anybody in the league because who guards that? If he jumps, you can't guard his shot. It's not going to happen. He's too athletic, and he his footwork is so sound. You can't put any kind of center on him. Your only hope is to try to strip the ball from him that he puts it on the ground because he's so long. If he puts it down, like you can maybe steal it from him. But he, does, he doesn't shy away from playing in the post. He blocks shots with ease. This may be the first player that I think could possibly average 40 points a game since Will. Because you can't, like, if he just wants to shoot, he'll just shoot. The only thing you can hope is that at his size, he gets winded easily. But I don't think so. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to watch more. But I was skeptical at first until I decided to talk about it on the show. And I looked at, I just watched a couple of his highlights. And I said, oh, this kid, Victor Wombel, or whatever his name is, is going to dominate the league when he comes. Like, if I'm LeBron, retire now. Just telling you, if I'm LeBron, retire now because this will be the number one player everybody wants to watch. And I just hope he gets drafted by a team that we can see him on TV quite frequently, the Knicks. So, (laughs) let's see how that works out. Anyway, uh, we're going to do the news for those of you that are listening on uh, Trap Radar Radio, 94.5 The Hits, She Real Radio, and the podcast. You will not hear the news uh, for everybody listening on DJ Chase Radio, Dynasty Radio, you will hear the news. And I, you know what? I may record the news for YouTube TV. Probably won't. I will. I am. I haven't done that before. So, buckle up, Facebook. You stay there. We're going to come right back. And we're going to wrap the show up with a bow. Downright Sports. <laughs> If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie.
the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. All right, we are back, everybody. We are back. Uh, Going to have a little fun here. I haven't, uh, last week's show was kind of heavy. Uh, a lot of positive reviews, but it was kind of heavy, and it just needed to be done. But I wanted to have some fun this week, and because I couldn't find much else to talk about. Slow, slow cycle. I guess I could dive into other stuff, but I don't. So, uh, hold on one second. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have some fun here, and we're going to the world of wrestling. Now, I will talk wrestling on this show every now and then. I don't too much because I don't think my audience wants it, but I don't care. I want to talk about it. So Survivor Series is two weeks away. This week is AEW's uh, Full Gear. It's one of their big events. AEW doesn't put on a lot of pay-per-views. Apparently, the WWE is not going to do too many premiere events. It's exhausting. Um, so I feel that the day will come where we start to have, where we could have a cross promotion battle because the WWE is no longer under Vince McMahon's hands anymore and we know Vince lived in this is our universe that's why he called it the WWE universe because he did not care about outside influence because Vince was never in the wrestling business Vince was always in the entertainment business he'll tell you that first and foremost and I thought one of the coolest things he ever said was Anyone could be a wrestler. Everybody can't be an entertainer. And that's so real. So if you watch a lot of WWE, especially recently, and I've noticed that the fans are having a tough time trying, like live fans are reacting a little different because I don't think they know what to, like, they're kind of like, uh, what? WWE fans have been accustomed to a certain type of performer out there. You know, more of a showman versus like, we're, we're technicians. Where AEW was built on, we're technicians. We're pro wrestlers. Winning matters. Where in the WWE, it was basically whoever can get over has won. Whoever can captivate the audience. Sell more merchandise, more TV friendly. Wins. So that's what... I enjoy what I, I like that they're different. Like, you know, sometimes AEW will do something that the WWE is doing and vice versa, and it doesn't hold the same. I think that the angle that AEW runs with Chris Jericho and his sports entertainers is hilarious. I think it's like, it's whatever Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho should probably run AEW because his decisions he makes is like, he's untouched. He made Ring of Honor relevant. Again, like Ring of Honor, let's just be real. Like he had, like he almost has the Ring of Honor championship has more weight than the AEW championship, in my opinion. Because Brian Mo- John Moxley defends it like every week, and it's always out there. Like Chris Jericho, like exclusiveness matters. Like too much exposure just makes it kind of waters it down. So I decided to have some fun, and I put together. Uh, if they gave me the pen. Or the pencil. That's a wrestling insider thing. Um, I would put together. I would go to Triple H. I would go to Tony Khan. I would sit him down. I would say, hey, let's do the ultimate Survivor Series match. It's the ultimate Survivor Series. It has to take place two nights. That's how big it is. It's so big, it needs to be two nights. And to make it even fun, night one, you you, you would hold in an AEW ring. Night two... You would hold it a WWE ring. Night one would be in Jacksonville, which is AEW's home turf. Night two would be in Madison Square Garden, which is the WWE's home turf. Okay, so I took the liberty. To, I made this last night. I did ten mat. I did eighteen matches. Nine on one night. Nine on the other night. Let's do night one, shall we? So night one, you would see um, the opening match for me. Would be the blood the bloodline versus the Blackpool Combat Club, which would be freaking amazing. So you could do Moxley, uh, Danielson. I'm just gonna call him Cesaro, but I think it's Castellano Cesaro because that name is crazy. Cesaro and Yuta, and they would take on Roman, the Usos, 
and uh, Solo, not Sammy. I want to see. I'm going to give it to the Combat Club. I think they would win that, but let's keep moving. The next match, we would, let's get rated. Let's get into it. Next match, we'll get Cody versus MJF. After that, you got to follow, you got to keep the bangers coming. You would do Britt Baker versus Becky Lynch. Keep the bangers coming. It's Survivor Series, so you need another match. You would do the jerk. Oh, I should do the wins. So, I got Cody over MJF. I would go Becky over Britt. But I would do the next match would be the Jericho Appreciation Society versus The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, and Afro Academy. I, I, I think it works because they're all kind of entertained. They can carry. But I'm going to give it to the Jericho Appreciation Society. That will be a victory. Then, keep the punches coming. I, another a banger, if you will. House of Black versus Judgment Day. Whew. I'm going to give it to House of Black. I am because I think they got that. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but that dude is huge. But I'm going to give it to House of Black. Um, and the ladies on both sides of that one. Oh, yeah. And Dominic is going to be there. He's the weak link in that. Even though, crazy enough, Dominic and Buddy Murphy have history from the WWE in a storyline. Because Buddy Murphy was dating Dominic's sister. Crazy enough how the world comes around. I would do the Acclaim versus the Street Profits. I'm going to give it to the Street Profits. I would do, this is a big one. This could, these next three matches are all main events. I'm going to do the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega taking on the OC. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks and Kenny. Then we would do, this is not even my main event. I'm going to, because I'm going to put the main event on last, obviously. Uh, the Survivor Series match, a traditional Team AEW versus Team WWE. Um, Sheeta. Nia Rose, Paige, Sandra, uh, Sandra D, Sarah D, sorry. I think that's her name. <laughs> I hope I wrote that right. Takes on Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and Candice LeRae. I think it's a pretty good match. Serena D, that's her name. Can't read my own handwriting anymore. I'm going to give that... Because that's an elimination match. I'm going to go WWE. Charlotte Page last two in the match. Charlotte wins. And then the main event for night one. Jade Cargo versus Bianca Belair. That, I mean, that one, tells, that one sells itself. Bianca wins that. I mean, but that's a... You want to see that. Like, them, those two just going at it. Two of the strongest individual... Strongest... People in their respectable companies, most athletic in their respectable companies, put on bangers, as Sheamus would say. You got to see that one. Then we will move on to night. So who wins night one? WWE has one, two, three, four, five. WWE wins five matches. So WWE wins night one. Let's move on to night two, shall we? In Madison Square Garden. So, night one. Night one, the opening match. Are you ready? John Cena returns to take on Eddie Kingston. Come on. You don't want to see that? The two of them, the, it starts out, see, Eddie Kingston hits the ring first. It was like, I'll take on any of you WWE bums. You in my city. You in the Bronx, son. I mean, you in Manhattan, son. He's from, he's from Yonkers. I just went straight to the Bronx. But nah, I'll take on any of you sports entertainers. I'm a wrestler. I do it myself. That's the passion Eddie Kingston gets. And then the music hits. Cena runs down. He's like, yo, I may be an entertainer, but I still get it in for hustle. Like, he says his own spew. Match goes back and forth. I'm going to give it to Eddie Kingston, though, because Cena's a giver, and he would see how big that would be. I'm going to give it to Eddie. Drew McIntyre, Adam Page. Just step aside and let them go. I'm going Drew McIntyre. Are you ready for this one? Walter versus Wardlow. Ain't no powerbomb sympathy. We're going Walter. But now we got the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus and his crew, taking on the Death Triangle. That, 
Mexican-style rule. Just leave him in the ring, and it's a banger after banger. I'm going to Death Triangle. Are you ready for this one? This one, you promote for months. Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much going to go Brock on that one, even though it's going to be ready. Darby Allen, Bray Wyatt. Come on. Come on, with Sting in the corner, and then you get a surprise appearance from whoever the Wyatt Six is going to be. Probably going to go Darby, because I like Darby, so I'm going to give Darby the W. Plus, Bray, another guy. Wins and losses don't matter from, from Wyatt. Jamie Hayter, Ronda Rousey. Oh, we're going Ronda all day. Ronda, she's catching that victory. Bailey versus Ty Mello. There's some chicanery involved. Sammy Guevara comes out, the J... The Jericho Appreciation Society. We're going to go Tamela. Uh, and then. That it. Oh, I messed that one up. I want Tony Storm and Liv Morgan. That can't end the show. That can't. Even though Tony Storm beats Liv Morgan. That can't end the show. No. What will end the show? This is how the show ends. Okay. Fans think it's over. You know. And then. Uh, you know, they're just like, this is this is insane. The bloodline is, you know, they're hurt they're hurting because they, you know, they lost to um the the, the combat club that night. Um the, the night on night one they lost to the combat club. There's some stuff going on, some legends. Stone Cold hits the music, he hits a couple beers, he stuns like not he stuns like all like smart Mark Sterling, all the, the jobbers for AEW, that'd be pretty cool. But after he gets to the back and the commentators is, you know, said Paul Heyman comes out, ladies and gentlemen. And then out of nowhere. Angry Roman Reigns comes out with both titles. And then it hits. It's a long build-up. Roman comes out to the ring, gets in the ring, was like, nah, combat club, y'all think it's over? It ain't over. I got I'm the ultimate champion. I'm the undisputed champion. And then um as he's just in the ring, and he's like, Madison Square Garden, AEW, acknowledge me. And everybody in the crowd boos because they got to do the complete opposite. You know, that's just how that goes. Um, hold on. I'm killing time. I'm just going to let you know exactly what I'm doing. Like, I'm trying to find the Wild Thing song, but I'm, for some reason my phone's acting up, and I'm running out of time. So Wild Thing hits. Dun, 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 dun. Is this it? Nope, that's the original. This is the one I'm looking for. And then the crowd goes crazy in Madison Square Garden. They lose it. Moxley comes through the garden with the AEW title. Because he's crazy, he just throws it in the ring. Moxley gets in the ring. Looks. Crazy enough, I don't have Seth Rollins anywhere on there. Get into that. Moxley looks Roman in the face and is like... Nah, dude, we're going to do it for those titles. And then, and only then, Seth Rollins comes out. And is do you get the match, a triple threat, the, the shield for the ultimate wrestling title, whatever. I couldn't come up with a name because I'm running out of time and I'm freaking out. But <laughs> that's the ultimate Survivor Series match. And like any good wrestling pay-per-view, Night two was a letdown. I did not. I don't know how I left Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley off this card. Because I could. I mean, this could be a 20. This could be 40 matches, realistically. You would do. There's so many people. You know what? You got to say it for WrestleMania, right? You got to say it for the ultimate WrestleMania. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening and watching. It's been a lot of fun. I paused the show, if you must know. Uh, to catch Downright Sports brand new episodes. Or you can go, you can download the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere major podcasts are downloaded. You can also check the show out at Downray Sports at YouTube now, youtube.com slash Downray Sports. You can um, subscribe and like or follow Downray Sports on social media at TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook slash Downray Sports at its fan page. Listen to the show. 
weekdays from 12 to 1 with new episodes airing on Wednesdays at WJ, uh, excuse me, WDJCDB DJ Chase Radio. Uh, go listen to the show Thursdays at 8 p.m. at Dynasty Radio NY. Uh, listen to the show Saturdays at 8 a.m. at Fab 94.5 The Hits. Saturday at 6 p.m. at Trap Radar Radio. And Sunday at She Real Radio at 12 noon. You can hear the show there. Appreciate all you guys. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be back next week. Pretty sure we're going to do a Thanksgiving show. Got to, right? So have fun. Be safe. Gobble, 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 gobble. And if it snows, please be safe. As always, deuces. Lana. Lana. Yeah, yeah.